The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. It is Our Lady who said, I need you to show everyone the truth of God. In this day and age, with so much we have as far as information and things coming to us in all directions and learnings and new inventions and all the science, here we have this moment that we have from heaven coming to us telling us, I need you to show everyone the truth of God. We think we have truth. We think we see truth. We have so much relative truth rather than absolute truth. That truth which is relative to people and what they believe with that form of own absolute truth. That we have difficulties really seeing issues, the way to live, making decisions for the future. And that's what I always hear. She wants to change the future prophetically telling us things, but that's not so much for a prophecy as it is for us in the present to make decisions now to change the course of the future. And that's what prophecy is. It's not about something in the future, but to give us who follow that an understanding of decisions we make 
that alters what we will be doing in the future. So our lady's told us, I want you to be very happy. Live simple and a humble life and pray a great deal. Don't delve into your problems. And so we always want to fix things rather than turn it over to God. Our lady's teaching us to be reliant on him, surrender your problems to him, and he'll work out the details. Matthew 6, what you just heard, is really an agrarian message. Look at the fields, look how things grow, how the flowers, everything in nature. We got to go back closer to the soil. And many people feel this in the heart. We get calls all day long, every day, all week. Our people we meet ask questions, how do I do it? Because they don't understand that it takes just a resolve and just do it. But you need to be educated before you make that decision to change the direction of your life, not your job and not your state in life. But there needs to be directions for your walk today, the direction that the world's going, that you change your direction. And that's complicated. And Yellowlay says, live simple. And that's what Jones Reed is today. This comes from Patrice Lewis. She has a blog called Rural Revolution. She writes, my husband and I banded around a number of ideas on what advice we would offer people who want to become more rural and self-sufficient. Some, possibly most, of these ideas may seem harsh, but by now you all should know I'm not one to mince words. The harshness is there because too many people fail in their attempts to go rural because their expectations are unrealistic or they're simply unprepared for the reality of life outside an urban area. This is simple, general advice I would offer to anyone longing for a rural lifestyle. With this in mind, here are some thoughts about how to increase your chances of success when moving to the country. Number one, self-sufficiency requires money. If you're saddled with debt and barely have two dimes to rub together, it will be devilishly hard to find the funds to build a barn, drill a well, buy solar panels, or any other dreams you may have. So before you move to the country, do all the usual stuff people always advise. Get out of debt. Live below your means. Save money. Believe me, you don't want to move your debt load with you to a rural location because you'll have a much harder time paying the bills as it is. Number two, broaden your skills. Rural life means you can't always call an expert when something goes wrong. Do you know the basics of plumbing, electrical wiring, building, butchering, canning, welding, gardening, etc.? I'm not saying you necessarily need all those skills in advance of moving to the country, though it couldn't hurt, I'm saying those are all skills you'll need to learn sooner or later when you move on to your farm. Number three, change your mindset. When we left urban California in 1992 and bought our modest four-acre place in southwest Oregon, we knew we couldn't go back or wouldn't go back. Whatever the distinction, failure was not an option because we wanted to live in the country more than just about anything else, no matter what it took. Because of that mindset and attitude, we worked very hard and lived in poverty for a long, long time. Those are sacrifices we made to stay rural and raise our children in the country. Number four, develop a country attitude. 
Don't be a city snob. Don't presume you know more about rural ways than the rural folks do. A surprising number of urban transplants think they know more than their neighbors about what it takes to live in the country. It's kind of like someone being an expert at parenting but not having any kids. Anyway, anyone claiming to be an expert before they do something is just blowing smoke. Number five, find an income. Unfortunately, you can't get a job homesteading. No one pays you for your efforts to become more self-sufficient, so you're going to have to find ways to earn money. Ideally, you'll do this by working at home, but it doesn't always happen that way. Find whatever outside employment you can. Those skills mentioned above might be a good place to start. And don't be afraid to work several small jobs. In fact, be prepared to do this no matter what your primary income source is. Most country folks have multiple jobs. It goes with being self-sufficient. Number six, don't be ashamed to start small or humbly. Five acres and a single wide trailer can be pretty cheap. You can always move up to what you want, but you need to start somewhere and having shelter, no matter how humble, is a bonus. Another bonus is that once you've already located in the country, you can find your dream home much more easily. Most of the really good deals never make it to the real estate listings. You'll hear about them in the coffee shop or post office or grocery store bulletin board. Number seven, book learning is different than real life. No one can learn to become Grizzly Adams from a book. Nobody. There is no such thing as correspondent course to become a mountain man. However, don't neglect your reading. Study without practice is never as good as study with practice. Book learning gives you a starting point and teaches you the right questions to ask those who already have the knowledge and experience. Number eight, be a self-starter, but be willing to learn. Do you chafe at people telling you what to do? Are you the type to tackle a problem and figure out how to solve it? A rural lifestyle requires both the ability to tackle problems head-on as well as the ability to take advice from those who have already trod that path and have experience to offer. Number nine, take trips before you decide on a location. Talk to the locals about weather patterns and conditions to learn what will and will not suit you. Personally, I could never handle the heat of Florida or Arizona. Others couldn't handle the cold we, we get here in Idaho Panhandle. Know your preferences. Learn what areas are suitable for growing crops. Learn what kind of crops will grow. Above all, ask about water. Where is it? How deep is it? How much is there? Are there usage restrictions? Who owns the water rights? Water is a paramount consideration. If you haven't got enough and can't afford to get more, your chances of having a success farm or homestead are nil. Number 10, learn the politics. Whatever you do, you do not want to end up in a part of the country where the locals would disagree with your particular persuasion. If you're liberal, don't move to a conservative area. If you're conservative, don't move to a liberal area. Trust me, this will save you a lot of grief in the end. Number 11, 
Do not bite off more than you can chew. Too many newbies think they can do it all their first year on the farm. They try to build a house and barn, get chickens, cows, goats, and pigs, plant a garden, drill a well, fence 40 acres of pasture, cut and split eight cords of firewood, in addition to homeschooling four young children and trying to make some money from a home craft business. Then they wonder why they're stressed, exhausted, and broke. Where's the simple life they longed for? I would suggest no more than one, perhaps two major projects per year. That way you can devote more time and energy to doing it right and maybe have a spare minute or two to go fishing or enjoy the sunset. After all, why else did you make all those sacrifices to get here? Number 12. Stuff happens. To paraphrase Murphy's Law, if something can go wrong, it will. Your cow will get mastitis. Your fences will get knocked down by trees or wind. Your young fruit trees will die from cold or rodent damage. Your garden will never grow. Or if it does, it will get eaten by deer or grasshoppers. You will have one neighbor who doesn't like you and spreads nasty lies about you. Your tractor will spend more time at the shop than on the farm. Your solo panels won't work correctly or will get knocked over by the wind because you didn't brace them properly. You name it, it will go wrong. Trust me on this. Prepare to handle it with patience and tremendous sense of humor. Number 13. Don't expect the same level of goods and services in the country as you had in the city. We don't have Starbucks and we don't want it. However... You might be pleasantly surprised at what kinds of goods and services you do find in the country. Goods like fresh produce and service like grocery store employees who actually know you. And number 14, your issues may not be our issues. Whatever particular cause or agenda you're passionate about, don't try to badger your new community into caring about it as much as you do. Your particular cause might be good and worthy. That doesn't mean you should barge into your new town and try to educate the yokels about it. Even if we find your agenda to be just as worthy as you do, we're not going to appreciate an outsider trying to tell us what to think or how to act. A situation like that just arose here, which is why I'm cautioning you against it. After all these warnings and advice, I hope I'm not discouraging too many people from exploring their dream. I just want you to make sure your dream is realistic not rosy. In the end, there's a lot to be said for the Nike slogan, just do it. But I don't suggest you do it without adequate preparations in advance and a huge dose of patience afterward. When we decided to go to the agrarian way to help the community survive for its purpose to run the mission, we thought this out and said, okay, we'll, instead of going to find what kind of hogs do you get, we'll go to the 4-H clubs that go all across the country or the southeast, end up at the last show and pay $100 over the market price of what pig is or the pigs sell for. So we brought back the champion uh, boar, two sows that won first place, and it only cost us $300 above the market what normal pigs sell for. We got them back here. They lived one day and died, all of them. They're so hybrid, so high genetic now, they got to be in conditions better than what we thought pigs needed to be in. So the next year we did the same thing. We kept water on it. We went to the Rosie one day. It had been down here for probably two or three days. And it was a cool day, but the sun was shining. It was in the sun. 
we saw it panting, so we put misters on it to make sure it had the heat because others died from the heat. And we came back from Rosier's dead. You have a lot to learn. And I'm not an agrarian. I'm close to it, uh, being from a background. But things have changed genetically. You think you're just going to grow tomatoes? You'd be shocked at the at the fungus and the, the leaf spots that they get and things that happen, especially with the weather, if it's too wet. You have to learn a lot of things. And, yes, books are important. We put a library in our house when we built it. We lived in a trailer for eight years. I studied everything, read everything, couldn't read enough. But book experience is one thing. Life experience is another. But life experience without book experience, just like this reading Joan just gave, is the same. It takes both. We got a saying here. People, I tell people often, go do this or go do that. I don't know how to do that. And the, what teaches you is the task itself. You don't have to worry about that. If you're trying to be a square table and you put it on saber saw and make the right, make it round, and you, you want to end up with a square table, that tells you you did something wrong. That may be a ridiculous example, but the best teacher for anything is to do it. And if you have to go, the zeal, to come up with the end product, it'll be that way, whether it's be electrical, plumbing, whatever it may be, as this person wrote about the skills necessary. The thing that's connecting us through the messages of Our Lady and what she's showing us is Genesis 3.15, that whole section right there, where by the sweat of your brow you shall eat. We're ordained to be close to the soil. Man has never been as far from the soil as today. Your average meal comes 1,500 miles away. And if something breaks down, and we know it is, because we're $16 trillion in debt, and because we're in debt like that, we can't pay it back, we know we're 103 years uh, GDP, gross domestic product. That means all the money you make, I make, everybody makes, makes anywhere or trades for has to pay off one year. So we can't eat because we can't buy food because we got to pay that debt back. And we're 103 years in debt. And you tell me the system won't collapse. It's under judgment. It is going to. And that's why people feel deep in their hearts. I need to make a radical change in the direction of my life. And that's why we have people calling us all the time saying what I need to do, be the doctor or the peasant on the street. And so you have in the heart of man wanting to get out. It doesn't mean you don't have to still go work in the city or whatever you have to do. But you need to be looking at this moment in man's history that if things crash, what would you do? Where are you going to get your water? I know I read on the plane a couple of years ago on Delta flight, they had on their magazine about uh, New York has five or six major pipes, like six feet wide, bringing millions and millions of gallons of water per day. And if something collapsed economically, we worked in Bay St. Louis. Everybody, even the county workers, police started going to the houses and taking care of their own needs. You think the water works up there is going to be running when these guys are thinking who worked there? I've got to take care of my needs and my family and no water going into New York. The system will break down real quick. And you need to be thinking if it does. And we're not talking about being a prepper. We don't believe in that. We don't talk about being a survivalist. That's not our life. Our lady is coming to show us that farming is the only occupation ordained by God. And you can do that as a doctor, a scientist, or a garbage truck driver. You need to be closer to the soil. 
You need to be getting your food into your mouth from your ground. It's that simple. And so one thing we've always talked about on Genomics is to make sure you're in a position to do that. And we've had people all over Italy. Somebody just wrote us a letter from Italy. They put in an orchard. They've got out and bought land in the country because they feel the thunder coming. They see it. They feel it. Our Lady's not here for a purpose for every day for 33 years, and that's just going to be a dramatic change upon the earth. That is coming. And the more you pray, the more you feel it, and the more you sense it. So we have the miracles of Medjugorje around. We designed this for the purpose of just what you do with the cow when you freeze it to store it, to store your money. You don't want to put money in the bank. You don't want to keep it there. You don't want to be in the stock markets. This stuff can vanish overnight. And so the best system is not to be hoarding money or saving or silver or even gold. The best system, the best investment is to have land and to be growing your food. Not just because you're going to avoid something and get by for two years. Our life is about to change on the earth. Our these messages overall, when you get the gist of it, is telling us that. She says, you're not time's master. She says, change the direction of your life. Our Lady has told us, and we've repeated this, that Yvonne said a couple of years ago, you, you'll understand why Our Lady is here every day because there'll be physical changes upon the earth. It's coming, and it's not to wipe us out. It is for purification. It may not be pleasant, but it's not going to be something, if you're caught off guard, that you're not ready. Our Lady literally said, be ready. So again, you, I want to caution people not to do this as a save yourself mentality. Our Lady's calling us to live different. I spoke all over France many times, Paris, wherever I went to. The one place that was closest to God was Brittany. And then that place, they all lived a greater life. When you're close to the soil, you're closer to God. You're close to the city, you lose God. It doesn't mean there's not good people in the city. There are. The thing is, the city makes it harder. And when you've got to plant a seed and you've got to depend on God instead of the truck delivering it, you're on your knees for the weather. God provide for me. And it's much better than the system we have, which has become false and very fragile, to continue your life depending on that. Frank? Yeah, it's a lot better to be dependent on the soul and dependent on God <laughs> than dependent on a banking system that uh, continues to expand. And the beautiful thing about the miraculous metal silver round, the miraculous metal Medjugorje silver round is, is that it, it's the opposite. It hasn't been expanded. It can't be expanded. There's only so much. And it's been a successful currency for 5,000 years. And these fiat currencies always fail. And now we have a global fiat currency expanded beyond anything that we've ever seen before. And so not only can you get out of this into something that's safe and outside of the system that comes from God and and be dependent on God, but uh, it's also being manipulated. We had uh, Keith Newmeyer again now coming against the uh, the CFTC the, that um, the manipulative position is so obvious and so controlled that it doesn't exist in any other market. And he is the one of the largest silver producers in the world, the CEO of uh, First Majestic. And he um, has been coming up against this because he 
we've talked about this before, they can't make money at this silver price. Silver is the opposite of the currency, and it's tremendously undervalued. So it is a very good store of value, and it also gets out of a system that's collapsing, that uh, money and paper things, uh, they can be expanded for a time, but in the end, you, you have to deal with reality, and the reality now is is that the system's stuck. You can't increase interest rates. The, the economy can't handle that. So there's really no place to go except inevitably for it to collapse and correct. And, and things of real value are going to be seen as uh, tremendously valuable. And uh, th- those things are real things, land. And silver, in the meantime, happens to be tremendously undervalued. It's a very good place to, to store value right now. Um, and, of course, the, the main point is, is not to put money in silver. The main point is to have an investment. If you're wealthy and you want an investment, you buy 500 acres. Frank's bought two years ago 1,000 acres. He's building a community there. And that's worth more than any metal because we're here for the way of life. And our lady's shown us that. And we have our own will. We want to do what we want to do with our will, without always following God. Our lady said on March 25th, 1998, Pray because through prayer you'll be able to overcome your will. And that's what she's here for. Because our will has led us down the wrong road and many people off the cliff. Overcome your will and discover the will of God even in the smallest things. The decision is to trek out and change the direction of life. Not for the worse, but for the betterment. Our Lady's here for the betterment. These messages are its guidance. They're given very loosely, very openly, not specific to give maximum room for the Holy Spirit to show you what to do personally in your own life. We've discovered that. What's manifested here at Caritas is the following of messages and prayer. I told people a long time ago here, the only thing we have to be successful at here is prayer. From there, everything works. Frank, you want to give your contact information? Yeah, you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. And you can reach us online at globalsilverinvestors.com is our website, and our uh, email address is globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Well, we're with the Walk of Our Lady, and a lot of things are happening right in Medjugorje. People are hearing about it now as far as some of the things the Pope has said, but we're addressing that now, and you'll be hearing from us on these things. In the meantime, we wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.
This ends the Medjinomic show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. The left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.